behind every struggling kid is a struggling parent. And we don't really talk about parental anxiety. It's a real thing. So many parents walk around with a pit in their stomach. They wake up in the morning and the first thought is worry about their child. Um, terrified that the phone will ring. It's the school or a play date's gone wrong or their wonderful, intelligent child is not doing the work they need to do. Uh, in high school, there's a lot of angst that goes along with this and we really don't talk about it. So today we're going to talk about what to do when you see your child's life flashing before your eyes. Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer Colary. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. Hi, and welcome to podcast five. Today, I want to get real. I want to talk about the stuff people don't want to talk about, like how hard parenting is, how exhausting it can be, how gut-wrenching it is if your child is bullied or picked on, or how desperately anxious you can get when your child is not thriving, or when your teenager is not doing their schoolwork, or when your young adult child is bombing out of university. It takes parents to the absolute depth of fear and depression and worry, and that's the stuff we don't talk about. So what's important for me as a parent educator is to just get real. We're supposed to love parenting. We're supposed to be happy all the time. We're never supposed to get mad. We're supposed to do the right thing all the time. And the truth is I want everyone to relax. First of all, even if you were perfect all the time and you never got mad and you were in an even perfect mood from morning till night for your child's entire childhood, you would still mess them up because they're going to go to work and someone's going to yell at them or something's going to happen and they're not going to know what to do about it. So I want people to understand it is about being real and you can always fix your mistakes and every day you wake up and you try to do better than the day before. But I think we really have to talk about how hard parenting is and we have to support each other. So I almost find that um, as parents, we often judge each other too much. Oh, there's the parent of that kid and oh, that kid's lunch doesn't look good and why is that child behaving that way? And what's really hard about that is behind that child who's not behaving that way is almost always a parent who is desperately upset and worried and searching for answers. Um, and it's a tough thing to be the parent of that kid who walks in and all the parents are like, oh, here he comes. What's he going to do today? Um, and those mothers can feel that. They can feel those looks. They can feel um, the words being whispered behind them. And this is still their baby and their baby is struggling. We need to understand that all children are different. And in one family, you can have three kids who are beautifully behaved and one child who's a nightmare. And they have the same parents, the same school, the same community, the same home, the same religion. And that child is a mess. It has to do with temperament. It has to do with dynamics. Um, and it has to do with how much energy that child sucks out of the family. And a child who is struggling can take up a tremendous amount of energy, an exhausting amount of energy. And that's really hard. So I've had so many parents come into my office and weep and cry and say, I love my child. Of course, I love my child. But sometimes I hate him. 
Sometimes I actually imagine my life if he hadn't been born. And then they cry and they sob because you're not supposed to say that and you're not supposed to feel that way. And what kind of terrible monster am I as a parent to speak that way? But sometimes it can get that ugly. Sometimes it can be that desperate and you just don't know what to do. So first of all, it's important to know that you're not alone. The parenting is really hard. It looks really easy, but it is not. And if you have a child that's a gladiator, that's yelling and screaming all the time, that's aggressive, that won't go to bed every single thing you have to do during the day, brush your teeth, now, turn the TV off, honey, now, you're mean, leave me alone. When you have a child like that, it is a never-ending roller coaster. And it's really, really difficult. So you are not alone. And connected parenting actually offers you a way to find meaningful beautiful tools that will help, that will work, that will fill your toolbox when you feel like you don't have any tools in there. So let's talk about anxiety for a moment, because I happen to feel that anxiety is often the reason for a lot of difficult behaviors, if not all of them. And there's two ways that anxiety uh, shows itself in kids either inward into, I can't, mommy, don't let me go. I'm not going. I won't go to that party. They're hanging on to your leg. They're, they won't sleep in their own bed. They're frightened of anything they see on TV. They're having a panic attack before they go into gymnastics. Um, or it goes outward into self-defense into, no, I, that's my chair. You can't sit there. That's where I sit. And bossiness and prickly, icky, rude behavior um, that just seems to be so, um, reactive and so dramatic all the time. So the first thing to understand about anxiety is it's this limbic reaction to life. It's your brain trying to keep you safe, trying to, um, protect you. So when children are really angry and they're very bossy and they're very upset, they're scared. So I give, I like to give the example of let, let's say that you were, I don't know, going to be on TV or something and, uh, they're doing the countdown, you know, 10 minutes to 10 seconds to live, 10, nine, and your heart's pounding and you are terrified. And someone's saying, Hey, I just got to ask you something. Can you just, can you just do this? You're literally going to say, get out, get out, leave me alone. What are you doing? You're going to actually be very reactive and very, um, get out of here to them. And one of the important things to understand is that's how anxious children feel a lot of the time. And what's really hard about kind of prickly outgoing anxiety is that it's very difficult to deal with. It hurts your feelings as a parent. It's exhausting. You get into mama and papa bear mode um, to protect your other children as this prickly child um, is reacting to everyone around them. And you get mad back and then they get more mad and then they start to worry that they are not loved. And they know they're loved. You know what? They, they worry that they're not lovable. That's, that's a better way to put it. Um, they know they're loved, but they're not very lovable sometimes. And the truth is they're not. They're flinging themselves on the ground in the middle of the mall. They've ruined uh, an expensive trip to Disneyland. They have once again um, caused a disruption and an upheaval in the family. And that's completely exhausting. So what's really difficult about these kind of stressful moments as a parent, which are so normal, they are so normal and it's so hard not to do it. But when you react, when you get angry, 
first of all, and I think I talked about this in the last uh, podcast, when you get angry, first of all, they get you mad, which means they get a jolt of adrenaline, which stimulates the frontal lobe. That actually lights up their brain and they actually walk away feeling a little bit better while you're a dish rag on the floor. Um, So you become part of why they, or part of how they regulate and you don't want to do that. Um, and then also when we get mad and we yell, then we feel bad about our parenting. And we look back and go, oh, I should have handled that better. What's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? I don't understand why I'm, I'm behaving this way. So we end up sort of beating ourselves up. Um, and that's a really tough position to be in. But here's the other part. It's really hard on us. It's hard on us as parents. When we're getting that angry and then we're feeling so horrible about it, And we're getting so anxious because then we think, oh my gosh, my kid's not going to have any friends. You know, who's ever going to date them? How are they ever going to keep a job? They're a disaster. I've created this monster. Um, And then we worry on top of all that. So the parent can become a complete wreck, which means we as the parent are limbically charged. We are feeling upset and our limbic system doesn't know the difference between our kid who just talked back to us or won't get in the shower for the 18,000th time and a saber-toothed tiger that's running down the street to eat us. To our midbrain, it is the same. And so it becomes very difficult as the whole family becomes limbically charged and agitated to cool the system down enough to get organized. So it's actually really important, and I'll actually talk about some strategies today in terms of how to do this, to learn to stay incredibly neutral with your kids. Believe me, I know how hard this is. I know it is because I work with hundreds of families, and I've worked with thousands of families over the years. It is very difficult, but it is probably, next to the empathy and the compassion and the mirroring, the most important thing that you can do. Because when you are a wreck, when you are parenting from a place of anger or fear, uh, it's not going to sound right don't you know I love you? Don't you know how much I love you? I do everything for you. Well, that doesn't sound much like love. (laughs) It doesn't. And in that moment, to be honest, we're not feeling love. We're feeling rage. We're feeling resentment. We're feeling exhausted. And that's what's coming across. So one important thing to remember is as you're using the connected parenting techniques, and if you're just tuning in, you've got to listen to the first two or three podcasts to help you understand what you're going to be doing in the background here as you're building up the bond, as you are speaking to your child in ways that increases oxytocin and lowers cortisol and everybody's calming down. When you do blow it, it's not going to be the end of the world because things have been going so well and your child is feeling so good and that bond is really holding that you can go back and do your repair and not not nearly as much harm is done. In fact, sometimes no harm is done because you've demonstrated to your child that you're thinking about it and you've gone back to really make it right. But it's important to stay neutral in the beginning because you have to cool the whole system down. And truthfully, if you want your kids to behave and smarten up and get themselves together and we can't, they're literally going to be looking at us as parents and going, well, she's 40 and she can't figure it out. So I'm eight. So what chance do I have? It's obviously way harder um, than I thought it was because my parents can't even do it. So we really do have to lead by example. Um, The other thing that's really important, though, about this is as you stay calm, kids are little barometers. They're, They're watching. They are gauging their reaction based on yours. So if you are staying calm, they're probably going to escalate for a little bit, and then they're going to realize, well, this isn't working. This isn't, I'm not getting the reaction I'm looking for, and they will calm down. And even if they have a blowout, they've lost it, they've just been wild and you've stayed absolutely neutral. You've done your mirroring, 
you know, I totally get it. I and I get it. I know I would hate that too if it was happening to me. All of that stuff. You've done all of the mirroring. You've used the calm technique and they're still flinging themselves on the ground. And you've done the paradoxical approach, which I think I talked about in the, in, uh, in the last podcast. That's where you literally allow them. You just say, you know what? I get it. Fling yourself on the ground. We'll move some stuff so you don't hurt yourself. Um, go ahead. Have a big tantrum. Get it all out. When you stay unruffled that way, when you stay even, it's such a great lesson for the kids that A, it can be done, um, and B, it's not going to get them anywhere. So even if they do freak out, they didn't even make you mad. So the next time it's time to freak out, they're like, oh, that was a whole thing last time and it didn't really work, so I'm not going to bother. Then you're going to feel better about your parenting. You're not going to be crying your eyes out at night, hating the way that you handled something, and you start again tomorrow. So you do that with breathing. You got to take some big breaths in and out. You got to center yourself. You have to really think about um, the state of mind that you're in. You can use a very simple technique where you just drop your tongue in the bottom of your mouth. Just relax your tongue. If you just let your tongue go soft on your bottom teeth, you'll notice that your stomach releases. Uh, and that sends a signal to the brain that you don't have to protect all those important internal organs. And your brain says, well, if she's relaxing her stomach, if he's calming down his stomach, then I guess nothing's chasing me. And it immediately starts to calm down the body. You can um, put your hand over your chest and just tap the back of your hand while you're breathing in and out. Um, that can sometimes just kind of jolt the parasympathetic nervous system with touch. And you do that for about 30 seconds, you can feel better. Um, I don't want you to run around the house uh, tapping your chest, ch chasing your child. Um, you might want to do that before you know you're going to have to go and deal with them. Or you can say, um, I need a minute, not loving the way I'm responding to this. So I'm going to go get myself together. And then you go in the bathroom or your bedroom and you do some things that you need to do to calm down. You can think of your child when they were a baby. You can imagine them when they're sleeping. Uh, one of my favorite techniques actually is you can keep yelling, but watch what you're saying. So you can be yelling, it's like, I, oh, I am so mad. There are so many things that I would like to say right now. I am so angry, but I'm not going to say those things because sometimes you can't take things, those things back. And I really don't want to say the things that I'm saying, so I'm going to not say it. And so you're kind of getting that angry energy out um, but you're not saying anything awful. And at the very same time, you're modeling incredible self-control for your kids, um, showing them that you can pull back when you're that angry. That would not be my first choice. My first choice would be to stay as neutral as you possibly can and model that you're going to walk away. You're going to go get a drink of water. Um, you're going to just walk into the family room and look at a bunch of family photos on the wall, whatever you can do to kind of center yourself and then go back into the situation. The other thing that's so important to remember about staying neutral is when you get really angry and you're flinging out consequences, that's it, you're not going to have a birthday party and we're not going to go to Florida this holiday. And the truth is, if you've saved all your money to go to Florida, you're not going to not go to Florida. You're going to Florida and your child knows you're going to Florida. So when we say these dramatic things, these big consequences that we throw out in anger, First of all, they won't work because they're mean. If the consequence is too big, it's not going to have the desired effect. You're just mean and that's all they're going to be thinking about. 
if the consequence is too little and they're like, oh, five minutes on the stairs for punching my sister, well, that's worth it, right? Um, it won't work either. So you want to come up with a consequence that's reasonable, that makes sense, that you're not going to be sick about later or that I won't end up consequencing you because now you can't go where you want to go. So you say, I'm really upset, very angry. This is always after you've done the calm technique, always after you've mirrored. Uh, and you say, I'm going to go think about it. I want to go and have a really good think about what I think would be a good consequence here. And I want to be fair and I want to make sure it teaches you something so you learn from this because I really want you to learn from this. Um, and I'm going to go away and I'm going to come back. I'm going to go away. I'm going to come back and uh, we're going to talk about it. And that's a great way to uh, not fling out these consequences that you're not happy with. Um, it's also really helpful to agree as a couple that you're going to do this so you don't end up undermining each other. Um, and I'll certainly talk in future podcasts about that because you can certainly find yourself very polarized as a couple where one tends to be really harsh and the other one's like, oh my God, it's not its fault. You know, let's not do that. And then you end up fighting um, and uh, trying to compensate for the other one's parenting. And I, I have talked about this in, in previous podcasts, but it's really important to manage all these dynamics. So today was really about give yourself a break. Honestly, it's so hard. It's really... Um, it can be really painful. And, and one of the things that I'm, I'm forever uh, moved by is, first of all, how much parents love their children, um, how much you know, pain they carry when they worry about their own child, their own child's ability to manage or function or have friends or you know, finish school, uh, the agony that parents go through. People don't really talk about that. We talk about um, what your child is going through, but it's often well, I won't say worse, but it's pretty close. And sometimes it is worse for the parent. Behind every child that's suffering is a parent who is also desperately suffering. So some big takeaways from today. Be kind to yourself. This is hard. And it's probably going to get harder. Um, and be kind to each other. You know, if you see a kid freaking out in the grocery store, give the mom a look like, I have been there I get it. Not a, my child would never do that. Um, really like, support each other, help each other. Um, you know, we've all been there and we will all be there again. So if we're compassionate and empathic with each other, that's really going to help. And not all of parenting is hard. I mean, there's some incredible moments there that I always say it's the highest of highs and the absolute lowest of lows. Um, but I think it's important and I will weave this through future podcasts um, to really just acknowledge that your own brain will take care of itself sometimes. And sometimes you are just going to feel so frustrated, so sad. I've had parents in my office that have said things like, you know what, three o'clock, I start getting a stomach ache. I, I'm just nauseous that it's time for the bus to come home because I know what's coming. I know what's going to be waiting for me when my child gets off that bus. Or I know when I pick up my child, he's going to be kicking the back seat of my of the car and screaming at me. Um, and those are really difficult things, especially if you have a child um, that's incredibly anxious and either the anxiety is going outward or uh, inward. But certainly it's it's difficult both ways. But the outward anger, the outward prickly anger is really, really difficult uh, to manage. So we'll cover a lot of this in, in future podcasts, but you're not alone. This is this is tough stuff. This is really hard to do sometimes and every day is a brand new day and every day you try to do better. Um, so really trying to stay neutral using the techniques we talked about, 
and making sure that you're doing the baby play, which I talked about, I think, in, in podcast two or three, um, and using the calm technique. It will come back to you in miraculous ways. It really will. It is magic. It is the thing that is going to make this difficult stuff um, fade away. It won't be gone completely, but it will. there'll be much, much, much less of it. Um, so I'll look forward to talking to you again next week. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Barrett Caleri from Connected Parenting. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. And don't forget to check us out on the web at connectedparenting.com and like us and follow us on Facebook.